This week, the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, we go all in on all-in ticket pricing. Is it really going to change anything? Is it, the, is it the same thing we've already got now, just under a different name? We discuss. Welcome to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, founded in 2011 and with over 500 weekly episodes, where Michael Brandvold and Jay Gilbert Two longtime music industry pros discuss the very latest trends, tools, and tactics that you need to succeed. Subscribe on YouTube, follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. You got Mike, you got Jay. We're back doing our favorite kind of uh, weekly discussion where it's yeah. just us talking music, talking the biz. Um, before we get into this week's discussion, which is extremely timely, just a shout out to Bruce and everybody at Hypebot and Bands in Town. Thank you Thank so you much Bruce. for all of your support. And of course, to our sponsor, DiscMakers.com. If you're a musician and you've been thinking of launching your next album as digital only, DiscMaker, DiscMakers has created an offer just for you. Get 100 CDs and custom printed jackets for just $149 at this price, there's no risk to try CDs. CD jackets are lightweight and perfect for mailings, selling at shows, and are easy to hand out as demos. They're also a great way to bond with your fans while making some extra gig revenue. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your physical media, including custom vinyl manufacturing and even USB drives. Got a little offer that Disc Makers put together for the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. Head over to discmakers.com and you can get 100 CDs in custom printed jackets for just 149 bucks for a limited time. That's a great deal. You, At that rate, you can be giving them away as an incentive to join mailing lists. Um, if if you don't have a record deal and you sell them through your own website or at shows, you can't beat it. 100 CDs for 149 bucks. So head over to discmakers.com. So, Jay, today's timely discussion mm. um, is, is all about Ticketmaster, Live Nation, ticketing fees. And, and if you haven't been following along and i'm not sure if you're in the music industry how you couldn't be but you know there's been and this isn't even recently within this year it's come to a head this year but there's always been uproar about all of the various fees and up mm -hmm. charges you buy a ticket for 75 bucks when you check out you just spent another 75 dollars in fees on top of it and it would piss people off honestly, rightfully so, to no end. Well, there's an article in today's Rolling Stone. Headline is Ticketmaster. Others agree to all-in pricing it as White House cracks down on hidden junk fees. Ticketmaster, owned by Live Nation, SeatGeek, and other ticketing companies, have agreed to institute all-in pricing in response to the White House's crackdown on hidden junk fees. Hmm. On Thursday, the day we're recording this, President Joe Biden will meet with representatives from the ticketing industry and venue owners, including CEOs of SeatGeek, 
TickPick and others, as well as the president of Live Nation Venues, in an effort to bring, quote, honest, transparent pricing to the ticket buying experience. The good news for consumers is that in the near future, when they purchase tickets, they'll no longer be surprised by additional fees at checkout, which became a point of contention among millions of frustrated Taylor Swift fans. That's what kind of brought this all mm-hmm. to the heat yeah. it is now. The bad news is that those, quote, junk fees will still exist, but now they'll be included with the all-in pricing at the onset. So there's more to this article, and we'll put a link to this article in the show notes. But I thought we uh, we could comment on this. And 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 I'd heard this is what this was going to happen a couple of weeks ago. It came out that looks like this is what everybody's going to agree on. It's like they're just going to have one all-in pricing up front, up front. So you know, basically, what I mean here here's here's the simplest example. So instead of last year, $75 ticket, $75 in various fees, now it's just going to be $150 ticket. And that's it. And this is just my opinion on this to everybody listening. The fees are the issue here. As a consumer, as a concert going fan and friends of many people who go to concerts, I don't think the complaint is all of these junk fees all of a sudden appearing at the end. It's what the hell are these junk fees? Why am I paying a fee for this and a fee? For, you know, it. I remember years ago, there there used to be, um, you used to be able to get your ticket, hard copy tickets mailed to you for free. But if you wanted them printed out online or a PDF, there was a convenience fee to do it digitally. Well, nobody's doing physical tickets anymore, but guess what? You're still paying a convenience fee to order tickets online. And and I think, again, I feel like that is where the, the issue is. It's not, it's not that these fees pop up again at the very end. It's what are these $50 in additional fees, 75? I mean, you if you buy a $1,000 ticket, I mean, those fees can be another $1,000. Right. What are those fees for? Why are we getting charged those fees? I don't want them hidden. I mean, it to me, it seems like right now this, honestly, this doesn't seem to solve any problem in my mind. It just no. hides the problem. It hides it. Well, it looks like a solution. You know, when you see the headline, it looks like they're cracking down on fees. Yes. No, they're not cracking down on fees. What they're doing is they're just placing that up front so you don't get surprised at the end, which, okay, that's a step in the right direction. I'll, I'll give them that. But let's let's break this down a little bit. So a couple of things. One is there was this great interview uh, Bob Lefsetz did on his podcast with Michael Rapino uh, from Live Nation, where they went through line by line what each of those fees are, what they're called, and what happens with the revenue. And I thought that was really interesting because the bottom line is that I think a lot of people miss is that it's typically Ticketmaster Live Nation that's pointed at as the bad guy, but they don't set the prices. The artist does. So when you go see your favorite band and that ticket price, 
yes, there are fees, and we'll get to that in a second, but that the, the base ticket price is set by the artist, typically through their management. Like, this is how much we're, we want uh, for these tickets. And then you can't avoid some of these fees, like you were talking about. For example, our friend Ari Herstand went down to a venue to purchase the tickets, so he didn't have to incur a convenience charge. And he couldn't. There was no way for him to buy the ticket without being charged this convenience fee, which seems a little counterintuitive. But the other kind of dirty little secret here, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Mike, is that it's not just these ticket places that are taking these fees. A lot of these fees, as you dig into it, you're, you learn that the artists participate financially in those fees, that they get a percentage of those fees as well, but that's not really talked about much because these guys are the bad guys. It's, 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 it's all finger pointing because uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's so much about the music business that fans in general, and even a lot of musicians don't understand what's going on. You know, not, we, we can have a whole nother episode and maybe we will at some point, you know, the costs of touring. It's not cheap to tour. We'll it's talk about cheap. that for a second, because before we hit record, you and I were just, you know, talking about how expensive different aspects of the business of touring are now. Yeah. I mean, everything, and we're not talking just touring in general, everything, inflation has hit everything worldwide, not just in the U S it's actually, it's actually not as bad in the U S as it is in Europe and other parts of the world. But the costs of fuel have gone up, the cost of food, the cost of hotels, the cost of bus rentals, the cost of blank T-shirts, the cost of the ink to put on those T-shirts, um, the cost to hire your crew has all gone up because of inflation. And then you add into it, which we've had past guests on here, that post-COVID now, there's a saturation of artists that are out there right now that everybody's on the road trying to make up for money they lost for the last three years. So you've got limited venues, too many bands that want those venues. You've got bands that are out there. There's only so many buses to rent if you're on a bus tour. There's so, only so many crew members out there. So it becomes inflation with limited supply yeah. and in a huge demand, meaning it's a perfect storm. Know, it's a perfect storm. I mean, if you're the bus company, you don't have to worry about buses sitting stagnant in your warehouse because there's people, you know, I'll outbid so-and-so to get that last fucking bus you got. I will pay twice as much as I did a year ago, three times as much as four years ago. It's so supply and demand, right? It's Basic supply business. and demand. And, and as past guests on the show have said, as that oversaturation of touring starts to level out, we are hoping to see some of those costs come down. I mean, cost of fuel isn't going to come down because of that. The cost of hotels aren't necessarily going to come down, but the costs of tour buses, the cost of crew members, you know, again, it's all when, cyclical, right? I mean, yeah, it's all cyclical. Once, once, once supply and demand matches, costs will become more in line. They still may be more expensive than three years ago, yeah. but they're not like they are now. I mean, it is, it's, inc 
incredibly expensive to tour. It's yeah. incredibly expensive to have a day off between two shows yeah. where you're yeah. not making money, but you're still paying for the bus. You're still paying Food, for all this stuff. Hotel. All, all of it. Yeah. So, so yeah, costs are super high right now. And then let's take a look at, as we're talking about ticketing pricing, I had a really interesting conversation with a friend of mine at Live Nation about, I was upset that even the nosebleed seats in this large arena in Los Angeles for uh, Paul McCartney were super expensive. And I asked him, why can't they have a section, you know, like they do maybe at baseball games sometimes where, you know, the common yeah. folks can afford to go to the show. And he said that they had tried some of those things, but there's a couple of things in play here. If they sell a block of tickets that are at a lower price, these bots will pick them up. These secondary market things will pick them up and just sell them. And then they get the revenue and the artist doesn't. And there's really no way around that. So I know Pearl Jam's tried some really interesting things. Other artists have tried things, but that's, that's a huge problem. And then it comes down to what you were alluding to, which is supply and demand. We've got this problem, which isn't a problem for artists, but it is for consumers. And that is, Concert tickets are now sort of like airplane tickets in that they vary based on the demand. If yep. the thing is selling out really quickly, those prices go up. You know, that's why a lot of people will advise you not to jump into buying seats right away, that you kind of wait and see how it goes, if it's half filled, if they add a second date, and you can typically get uh, less expensive tickets that way as well. But it's really a challenge today when there's so much demand, you were talking about this glut. We've all been sitting at home, you know, during lockdown and these artists have been eating sawdust for a couple of years. Now everybody's out on the road and everybody wants to go and see those shows. And the last thing I'll say on that part is take a look at Taylor Swift. And yeah, there were some issues because there was never that kind of demand ever on these systems. And these companies warned their camp that they should spread these things out. And their camp uh, reportedly wanted that one day record sale, you know, they wanted that press hit. And that's one of the reasons why all these things broke down. But I'm, I'm reading these stories about people, like dozens and dozens of Taylor Swift fans coming to the parking lots of these venues just to hear the ambient sound and to be together and to be fans. Like old Grateful Dead shows. Yeah. And it's, it's really amazing to me, but it, it also there's, she can't fulfill that demand because she's so popular. And then you've got these artists, like let's take Billy Joel's been known to do this where instead of these rich people up front who can afford all the, the great seats and some of them show up, some of them don't, and they're on their phones during the show and they're not really, you know, what he does is he takes some of those closer seats and then he has his people give those to the people in the back, the hardcore fans to bring them up. I don't think there's an easy fix for this stuff, but I do think there's a lot of misinformation out there about who the culprits are. A hundred percent. Again, you know, we, we, we as consumers, as fans have been trained to hate Ticketmaster. I mean, even before Ticketmaster was owned by Live Nation, I mean, going all the way back to the beginning of Ticketmaster, they were the evil ones. They were it. And artists knew what they were doing. Let's point the finger at them. Don't get mad at me. You know, Ticketmaster's in the same boat as record labels and streaming services. 
got to point the finger at somebody. Let's point it at these guys. Yeah. But the truth is, as you said, um, artists can share in some of those fees. Artists, uh, I know for a fact, artists can say, yeah, let's pull some of these tickets and hold them and give them to StubHub. Let's, let's offload some of these tickets to secondary markets. So artists are part of this. Let's just put it that way. How deep depends from artist to artist, but they can be part of all of this. They just don't want the fans hating them. You'd rather have your fans hate Ticketmaster or Live Nation. Let, yeah. let them take the heat, even though we're all ending up with a nice big fat paycheck. Yeah. It's easy to point the finger. You're right. And let's talk about merch for a second. I was at a show at Madison Square Garden, and I wanted to get um, a piece of merch for my sister uh, at the show, and it was outrageously priced. Now, I know that venues uh, typically take a portion of merch sales, right? And I know that's been a big problem uh, for a lot of artists, and some artists are negotiating that down or out, depending on the size of the venue. But I was talking to the artist manager after the show, and I said, yeah, I wanted to buy this thing, but it was like hundreds of dollars at the merch table. And he said, well, you know why that's so high? And I said, no, why? And he said, well, the artist wanted to get the same merch prices as a competitor uh, another artist. artist, another yeah. artist. And they wanted to be able to show that their box, their merch sales, it was an ego thing. So they're oh, basically 100%. screwing the fan. They didn't need to make that kind of revenue. And trust me, this artist has more money uh, than they'll ever spend ever. So it wasn't about that. It was about ego. Yeah. I, I, I remember many years ago, um, an artist, we were talking to an artist about some business deal and they were like, man, I'd love to take this deal and make that money. But is there a way I can take this without people knowing I want this money? <laughs> you know, I, I, I want the huge paycheck with all the zeros, but I don't want my fans to know I want the huge paycheck with all the zeros. I want them to still think I'm, you know, salt of the earth, an art, salt of the earth, an artist of the streets. So man of the people, a man of the people. So, yeah, you know, I don't this 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 all in seat pricing. I don't see that. Again, it's just it's window. It's like dressing. a mad. It's it's a magic trick. It's like yeah. okay, don't look over here. Now you're gonna look over here. So again, you're gonna wake up one day going, "Fuck! I paid seventy five dollars for my concert ticket last year, and now it's one hundred and fifty dollars." Well, yeah because all the fees are still there and they're just buried there and you don't see what those fees are anymore. You will never see these fees, which to some extent, does this open up a bigger problem where now more fees can be hidden inside the all-in pricing and you'll never know about them? Yeah, it'll be interesting or, to see if or, they're going at, to line list those Yeah, uh, I mean, fees, if, if, if they line list transparency. them, if you're line listing the fees at the end of the purchase, that's basically what we've got right now. I mean, we act, yeah. that's a hundred percent what we've got right now. Here's your ticket. Here's this fee. Here's this fee. Here's this fee. Here's this fee. Here's your total. So if they do the all in pricing, but when you check out, it gives maybe you an they do itemized, it up front, you know, they itemized, give that line list up front. I mean, again, I'm, I'm sitting here just going, this is a good PR stunt. It makes it look like, the government is 
taking care of us, watching out for us. It makes it look like Live Nation, Ticketmaster, and all these ticketing companies are giving into something to protect the fans. Yeah. But I just, uh, maybe I'm missing some part of this deal. Maybe it hasn't been outlined yet, but I'm sitting here going, I don't think anything is changing here. You you know, there there wasn't there an old um, Steve Martin, like Saturday Night Live bit where it was like Steve Martin was a bank. Hi, I'm Fred's bank. Give me your money. I'll hold it for you. Here, let me put it in my right pocket. Oh, you want you want a you want a loan? Well, here I got to take it out of my right pocket and put it in my left pocket. Now I'll loan it to you. That's all this feels like it's doing is just moving the money from one pocket to another pocket, but the money's still there and everybody's yeah. still getting it. It's not changing anything about the the fees. It's really all it's doing is preventing that shock at the end where yeah. you're like, well, wait a second, they said this was a hundred dollar ticket and now it's 150. Now now, well, now the I'm shock already is the in, front. you know, I got my credit card out. Like what am I going to do? What are what is this all about? Um and, and I think there is a little bit of value in that, but I think what would really help because I don't think these fees are going to necessarily change or go away anytime soon because there's so many people getting revenue from these and there's so much demand and so little supply. But what I would like to see is sort of like that Bob Lefset's interview with Michael Rapino from live nation, which I highly encourage you guys to either read or listen to because he he is very upfront and honest about oh well this is the facility fee and this is who's getting the revenue from that this I, don't, why I don't this, participate this is, in that yeah this is why this fee is here yeah 100 percent. tell us exactly what these fees are for and I, I i might have a better understanding and less anger if i know what it's for but you know again you know we're old guys the fees, I remember when fees started, it used to just be one additional fee. It was just like a service charge fee. Oh, I remember and, vividly because we used to buy our tickets at department stores yeah. a lot of times. And you'd go in and let's say the ticket was $15. You might have to pay a dollar. A dollar service charge. Yeah, for printing that, out For printing the ticket out, there was a service fee. And, and that usually but, went to the department store. You know, yeah. Like, but, but, but now it's just like there's three fees, four fees, and what are these fees? And they sound the same. And I, 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 I feel like we need, you know, ultimately, I guess, speaking as a fan and a consumer, I want, I want these fees to be minimized. I don't want them moved around and hidden. I, I, I want them. Why am I paying this fee? I mean, these fees and tickets are the equivalent you know, when you buy merchandise from somebody, not even an artist, but just anybody online, shipping and handling. Okay. <laughs> and and listen, having worked with fulfillment companies in the past, shipping and handling is quite often the real profit center for these product sales. Yeah. Because shipping and handling will cover the exact postage amount. But then that handling you know, that's yeah. like, okay, we got to, we're going to make an extra three bucks in handling. Why? Because, you know, because we can, because yeah. we'll say that covers somebody in the warehouse, pulling it off a shelf, covers an envelope, putting it in the envelope, sealing the envelope, yeah. walking it. That's that handling. But it's always been 
known in in that world, that's a bit of a profit center. You can you can keep nudging that shipping and handling up a little bit, and oh, this year we can make an extra buck out of it. And that adds up over it adds multiple. Up. Uh, um, you do millions. Offers. You do millions of orders, and that, yeah, that that's shipping and handling money. fee went up fifty cents. That's a nice little boost. So I'd like there to be a place or some kind of process where, with tickets, that you could eliminate some of the fees. Yep. By going to the venue for, for example, or having it be an, you know, on your phone or something to actually, so they don't need to print a full ticket or, you know, there's, there has to be a way at some point for you to avoid certain convenience fees if you're not being convenienced. Yeah. I mean, I could understand again, going back decades when you might buy most of your tickets going to a ticket outlet somewhere, a record store, a department store, whatever. But then as computers started coming around, there was a convenience to go online. So we had to build this whole online system. We're going to charge you an extra dollar in convenience fee for that. But if you don't want that convenience fee, you could still go walk up to Musicland and go buy or the venue right, or the venue right from them. And yeah, we won't charge you for that. To your point with Ari, these fees are everywhere now. They're There's no, they're, they're, they're baked in no matter where you go. So again, why am I paying a convenience fee? What is the true convenience? Is this just leftover terminology from decades ago that we've just learned to accept? Yeah. Most likely. Like breakage. Most likely. You know, things breakage. like that. Yeah. yeah. Breakage. I mean, what, how is there breakage with a digital file? <laughs> there isn't breakage. Well, they didn't put MP3. it in the box carefully, and it. Yeah, yeah. My Com- Comcast downloaded it broken to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It put mean, too many downloads on top of it, and the bottom one was warped. Yeah, yeah ex- I don't know, exact, man. exactly. So, I mean, I like that there's attention being put on ticketing like this. Yeah. But again, I'll go back to I don't feel like this is going to make any. At the end of the day. We as consumers, we're still paying the same amount. Yeah. It so gives does the politicians something to say, you know, I'm stepping in. But you know what it reminds me of, Mike, is this whole debacle right now with TikTok. Most of these politicians that are trying to, to ban it have never used it. They don't understand, you know, where that data is stored. But they, you know, uh, they jump on this bandwagon. And I feel like they're doing that with ticketing, too, because there's everybody's so upset about the Taylor Swift situation and all of that. There's, there's blame to go around and there's a lot of finger pointing, but as Ricky Warwick sang, you know, there's three sides to every story, yours, mine, and the truth. And I think we're really only hearing one side and that is live nation Ticketmaster. They're screwing you. It's all of them. They're taking all this money and they're not telling us why. Yeah. Bull. That's not what's happening. Yeah. yeah. You know, again, to your point that you brought up very early on here, the artists can be part of this. They can be taken a cut. They can, they, 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 they are not as innocent as some of them might <laughs> right. want you to think they That's are. That's right. That's right. You know, it's a business. It's, it's a business. And if they can figure out how to make an extra 50 cents off of every purchase and people will take it without screaming, let's do it. If we can figure out how to offload you know, a few hundred tickets at every show that might not have sold right away, but we get a payment from a secondary ticket outlet. 
great. Now it's their problem to, to, to move those tickets and get stuck with them. We made our money. We can say the show is sold out, even if the seats are empty. Yeah. Because the ticket was sold. And you can make a lot more revenue with dynamic pricing, like an airplane ticket model where it just goes by demand. And yeah. the, the tickets up front cost more than the tickets in the back. And as Michael Rapino says in this interview, they're looking at all of these different ways to generate revenue, things that you started back in like 2002 or 2003 with like paid meet and greets with KISS. Those things are commonplace now. And, and they're doing even more where they're doing these private shows like on an island with, let's say, 150 people. And there's this huge price tag for it. These experiences are super expensive and there's a lot of revenue to be made there and Live Nation Ticketmaster are involved in those. It's, it's a whole new world when it comes to live performing and venues and how to keep things going in those rooms, whether it's sports, whether it's music. It's a big, big business now and it's a very profitable business. And I don't see it going back to the days where we buy our ticket at you know Nordstrom and have a dollar service fee. I think the genie's out of the bottle. Now, all we can hope for is a little bit more transparency and some honesty as to who is getting this revenue. Yeah, the, to me, that, that, that's, that's, that's the important thing. Give us transparency. I don't call these, they're junk fees as long as I don't know what those fees are for. Once you tell me what these fees are for and you give me options to say, well, if you don't want to buy this fee, we have one outlet in the city of San Francisco you can walk up to and buy your ticket. Yeah. Okay, great. That's Now it's my choice. I can go there, take the time, drive there, park, whatever, get my ticket there, and there'll be less fees. Or I can buy it online, saving myself time, but I know what those fees cover. Right now, we, and, and I say we, not just as fans, but we as in many people in the industry don't even really know what all those fees are for. They might yeah. say one thing, but they really are just, it's another, could just be another way to make another 50 cents, another yeah. dollar, another, you know, percentage of the ticket price just drops into a fee yeah. bucket. Yeah, that's what I'm so, to see. I'd like to see it. I mean, this is a this is a good first step putting the light on this problem. I don't see it solving the problem. I mean, I think as I as I told you before we we started recording here, I I imagine Ticketmaster and Live Nation are like, yeah, we got no problem doing this. Why would we fight this? I mean, we're still making the same money. At the end of the day, the doesn't change anything. Final sale is the same amount. We just moved the line items up top instead of down below. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, that's a little programming change. Invoice will look a little different. Yeah. Done. You would have seen a lot more uproar and discussion if this was the government saying, remove those fees. Yeah. That's not going to happen. That would have been a different battle here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, let us know. I mean, what what do you what do you feel about all these fees? What do you think about this all in pricing and and 
all-in pricing is something they're talking about, not just in ticketing, but more and more products and services are talking about doing just one flat all-in pricing. What do you think of that? I mean, it's got benefits, but it's also got, I wouldn't say negatives. I mean, I wouldn't say this is a negative here. It just, in the end, doesn't really change anything. It's just... It's nice to have. It's just a different name to what you're already doing. So what are your, what are your feelings? You know, leave us a comment, send us a message. I'd love to hear from listeners. What do they think of this all in ticket pricing? What do you think of the solution? Is this going to make any difference? What would you have liked to have seen done instead of this? If, if we could have had anything, um, that's it for the music biz weekly podcast. One more quick shout out to Bruce everybody at Hypebot and Bands in Town, and of course, to our sponsor, DiscMakers.com. Thank you so much. We will see everybody next week. Industry professionals listen to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. If you have a product or service and would like to reach this audience, get in touch with Michael or Jay to discuss sponsorship opportunities. For Music Biz Weekly, provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.